Hello, everybody. Hello there, everyone. It's Peter Watson here, along with my wonderful friend, uh, Ralph Hebgen. Um, we are going to talk through this week a number of uh, different topics. Now, it's really, I mean, there's never, there, there is never a, a dull week. Um, there might be dull days, um, but, you know, you, you, I don't think you, it's possible to string seven days together and not have something amazing happen. So anyway, so we're going to be talking today about a few things. One, India. Two, the Queen. Uh, three, buy now, pay later. And the fourth thing we're going to talk about is bonuses. So anyway, um, let's start off with India. Now, the really interesting thing um, we had uh, this week was that India has overtaken the UK to become the fifth biggest uh, economy in the world. Um, it's on track to beat China. Uh, sorry, not China. It's on track to beat um, Germany and Japan. And why am I saying that? It's on track. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's on track to beat. Yeah, Germany. Sorry, Germany and Japan. Yeah. Um, uh, by 2030. Um, so it's going in the right direction. Um, and it is pretty amazing. However, what do you think about that, Ralph? <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it, it is it is quite amazing. I mean, as an English person and a German person, I'm basically mm. doubly perturbed by the situation <laughs> here that India has. Um, you know, yeah. is, 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 yeah, well, I, I can say I, the same. I'm half Japanese. I'm, I'm right? at a loss for words, even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the what I would say is, I mean, yes. I mean, first of all, the size of the economy is important. But what we're talking about here is the actual GDP. What we also have to always look at is GDP per capita, mm -hmm. which is, of course, where where we really see how uh, well distributed the GDP is. And mm. if you look at GDP per capita, then India isn't really anywhere. I mean, it depends on the lists you look at. There are three big lists. There's the World Bank list, the IMF, and there's one other. Um, and, and all the countries occupy slightly different positions on this. Even China, which is, again, depending on which list uh, you, you are trusting, is either number one or number two in the world in terms of GDP size. But even China, GDP per capita, I haven't looked this up now. I think it's, it's somewhere 38 or number 30 or something. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that's right. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're certainly not at number two in terms of GDP per capita. Why is this important? It, it, it's just important because clearly if all your wealth in, in a country, let's say, is concentrated in, um, let's say, one one city, the capital or some regions, and the rest of the country is poor, then clearly uh, that is a dynamic which is not conducive to... Um, to allowing your, your 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 citizens to benefit from the overall GDP as much as they otherwise could. Mm -hmm. And um, just to throw this out, there is actually an index which looks at this particular situation as well. And this is, of course, equality of income, uh, mm -hmm. which, which I'm looking at. And this is the Gini or Gini index, which measures how um, distributed uh, the wealth of a, of, of a country or the GDP is. And, mm. and again, China and India are amongst the countries which have rather high inequality mm. uh, in, in that. So in itself, 
It's a good thing. I mean, you know, my my hat is off to India, although they are overtaking, they have over overtaken the UK. They are about to overtake Germany, so it's it's a positive sign. Uh, but we need to see GDP per capita increasing in these countries as well. Nice, oh, nice. Um, so anyway, yes, fair enough. Um, that is a, obviously a very valid points, and um, yeah, they're all good. Right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is um, obviously the the death of the Queen. Um, and I was asked earlier on today about um, what is the impact um, of, um, of of the Queen dying. Um, you know, in terms of like a business and uh, you know, a commercial context. Um, now, when I for initially um, to, the, to that answer, there there are a number of strands to it. So, um, so my initial answer was was more about you know I said look, I think that the Queen was seen as a uh, almost like a secret weapon um, that we had in set for for you know in terms of business, uh, in that. If things weren't going well at a high level between um, uh, world leaders, you know, our prime minister and others, um, she was someone who was respected uh, because of her 70 years um, on the throne, you know, respect, respected enough that even if there were problems, she was our ability to be able to smooth these things over and make things better i mean it's a, it's very intangible i guess you mean i'd mm. be interesting to you know if anyone could ever put the value on what what she what she did um but i think you know that's one thing so we won't have that because yes we'll you know we've got king charles um but he just isn't the queen so i wonder whether we're going to lose out on that or maybe negotiations will get harder maybe i'm not sure um another thing that occurred to me the other day was and i know maybe this is a bit controversial but i almost felt that you know is the fact that she died in balmoral um it's almost like uh, it feels to me like she's sort of um you know trying her best to still work from the grave in the sense that um I was really surprised at, at how it was all taken in Scotland, um, you know, when she died, because I really didn't expect the outpouring of, you know, or what I saw on the media anyway, um, of, of affection and, and general positivity. And I just thought, does that mean that the second independence vote uh, for Scotland, is that going to, you know, will this change a timetable? Will it change sentiment? Because... I suppose it forced people to talk about the union. So I don't know. What 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 do you think about those two things um, for, for starters? Yes, very intangible indeed, as you were saying, the impact on business. Let me start with the Indiref. I mean, that is, I think, a bit more tangible. And yes, I was also, I noted, I wasn't necessarily surprised to see the outpourings of sympathy from everywhere in the UK, mm. including the, including Scotland. Mm. And... Um, and yes, because she she sadly passed away in that country, it might actually highlight the union to mm. people in Scotland more than it otherwise would have done. So if the Indy ref if the independence referendum was to be scheduled for tomorrow, I, I'm pretty sure that there would be a notable swing 
mm. against an independence vote. Whether this is still going to be the case if we get to the stage that we have a referendum of this nature next year in two years' time, I, I don't know. But mm. yes, I mean, that is something which I would be more comfortable in calling. Uh, you, you're right, that there would be a shot in the arm, so to speak, for unity in the United Kim Kingdom because of, because of the event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Business, now that's a very intangible matter and probably not for me to comment on because if there's probably no if about it. The impact which the Queen had on international trade in the UK was um, wielding itself or was becoming manifest behind the scenes. Mm. And and I, uh, and reading the papers, of course, I don't look behind this. So if I just step back from this and being a little bit more neutral on this, I mean, what is basically happening? I mean, the Queen is head of state. Head of state is an office in a parliamentary mm. democracy. Every head of state in parliamentary democracies has representative functions and representative functions only. There is nothing else. Mm. And in this country, which has a constitutional parliamentary democracy, the head of state is hereditary and therefore the office is, is, is um, done by the monarch, the queen, or now we have King Charles. Um, the impact and the value for the economy of our country, I think, lies precisely in, in the way in which the incumbent of the office um, administers the representative functions. Mm. And that, I think, we all know. The Queen was brilliant at this. Mm. Even if she had not been brilliant at this, just the fact that she was doing it for so long mm. made her part of the DNA of this country. Mm. I, I, you, you know, and, and if you are a foreign leader, um, I think it increased and enhanced the, the value of doing business with the UK. But mm. it's very intangible, mm. this, this impact. And so I would be hesitant to call a visible or notable mm. detrimental impact of the Queen passing mm. uh, for the economy of this country. Yeah, um, th there are obviously more tangible things like tourism, for example. Mm -hmm. And what we might see is there was the Jubilee and now we have the, uh, the tragic and sad event of the Queen passing. What that will do is, of course, highlight the UK and the Crown as a as a focus of attention mm. to the world. And it is possible that there will be more interest in this country, there will be an uptick in tourism. Mm. Um, but but even that, I think, yeah, may, maybe maybe that's something which I would say if, if I'm looking for a tangible impact, being asked this question directly. Fair enough. I mean, one other thing um, I mentioned, you know, when I was asked that question, my, my knee-jerk reaction was, um, you know, company called Delarue, which uh, British company, despite the fact that it doesn't sound British, um, but uh, it's, um, you know, it prints banknotes, um, and it's quite interesting in the in the sense that it it was, um, you know, it, it over the last few years it's lost a lot of its value because. 
um, it infamously um, failed to win the contract to print all the UK passports in the wake of Brexit. And it ironically went to a French company um, in the end. Um, maybe maybe it's a French company that sounds English because Delarue does not sound it anyway. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so that happened. So maybe this will, you know, because the banknotes are going to have to be changed. I mean, I know apparently they, you know, the coins and things he's got to face, you know, the king is going to face the other. So he's going to face to the left, whereas the, the you know, queen faces to the left. Is that so? Yeah, that sort of stuff like that, I believe. Cool. Um, so, so yeah, so, um, so, you know, I would have thought they're going to be wanting to replace the money in circulation. Um, so I suspect that they... You would have thought they do quite well, but I don't know exactly. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I, well, I mean, my my first comment on this maybe is that the UK is moving towards a cashless society anyway. Yes. So there right, is yeah. a lot less uh, payments which are actually affected in cash. Mm. Um, and the second point is I, I don't actually know how this works, but if you look at the normal velocity of money, I mean, some of the banknotes are being taken back by the Bank of England and replaced by new banknotes. So you get one old five-quid five note and you replace it with a new five-quid note. Mm. So I think this process in the future will mean that the new five-quid note will be a newly printed one mm. with King Charles on mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, but a new banknote with Queen Elizabeth's head on it would have needed to be printed as well. Mm. Yeah, so mm. I so I don't know whether this is actually incremental trade, incremental mm. business coming to Delarue over and above what they would have needed to do anyway yeah. in the way of the normal replacement and refreshment of the money in, which mm. is in circulation. So so again, I don't know. I but it's yeah. an interesting point. Never yeah. thought about this. So we'll see, won't we? Uh, I was just thinking, I wonder if that French company is called Of The Road. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry about that. <laughs> that joke's central. Um, no, anyway. Very good. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's, the thing is, I'm German. I don't get your sense of humor. <laughs> but don't understand. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, right. <laughs> so let's crack on. Um, next next topic conversation, buy now, pay later. It looks like the um, so you know US kind of consumer regulator uh, body has said that it's going to be treating um, buy now, pay later in the same way um, as credit card companies are treated. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that is high time that they've done that. I don't know why it's taken this long. Um, and I think ultimately this could spell the end of buy now, pay later as a, as a separate entity. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's a lot easier for banks who are already used to being regulated and operating with all these restrictions to offer buy now, pay later services than it is for buy now, pay later services to become a bank. So um, so I think to me that would suggest that maybe um, uh, these buy now, pay later companies, especially, say, Klarna, um, would be uh, an excellent target for um, for a bank to buy. And if they did that, they bought, say, Klarna, they would be able to instantly get access to much younger demographic who they could then potentially nurture and then, you know, as they get older, offer them more um, uh, services and things. But, yeah, what do you think? No, I, I agree with you. I, I think it might spell... Um, a difficult time for the standalone uh, sector, mm -hmm. but I think it might actually be 
okay, maybe even positive uh, at the margin for companies which offer the same service and roll it into a larger um, range of products like Apple, for example. Mm -hmm, and specifically, mm -hmm. Apple is, is, is the company I'm thinking about now because they already have Apple Pay and they have added to that the buy now, mm. um, <clears throat> pay later service which they are using. And this is, of course, a fantastic service by by apple i've got i've got my apple iphone i've got the um apple pay uh, facility on the phone anyway and i've got apple pay now sorry buy, buy now pay later mm -hmm. facility to the extent that apple will have that particular part of their business regulated i don't think it matters much to apple mm. it, itself they will continue offering a valid um service to to the consumer, to the Apple user, not just Apple phone user, anybody, mm. but of course it sits extremely well on the Apple platform. Mm. Um, and so so I think that it might actually lead to a professionalization and uh, increase in reputation of these services mm. and to the extent that they are being offered by companies um, like uh, Apple or Amazon as part of their overall mm. range of products, mm. I, I I would believe that it's 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 going to be those businesses which are going to be enhanced in reputation and survive, while the marginal firm, which may be Klarna, I don't know, I haven't looked at the um, finances there, but may actually struggle and may find that mm. they are going to be competed out of the out of mm -hmm. the business or, or regulated out of the business, I should say. Uh, yeah okay agree so we've got to go on to the last one um which is a i say fun topic um uh if you are an investment banker is this whole thing about quasi quarting um talking about um you know taking the cap um off the uh, bonuses um this has been something that's been in place um because of europe and part of um you know brexit and and you know trying to make um, the uk look like a a better place or more attractive place to work um so i mean it it was the case that um there was a there was a cap of i think i believe it was twice or it were 100 or in fact in certain cases 200 percent of your of your basic salary which to most people sounds like a, a lot of money and it and it is right it is a lot of money um but now the idea is that cap will be taken away. And actually, uh, the Bank of England, you know, endorsed this as well. And it's very rare that they actually comment on these things. So, um, you know, uh, again, just just in terms of the, the basics, I personally think this is going to make London incredibly attractive for people to work in because they will have un un uh, uncapped upside. Um, I think that it's possible, though, that in the short term, um, basic salaries will go down because I think that employers like, say, your Goldman Sachs, etc., will look at current circumstances, lack of M&A um, deal flow, and secondly, difficult economic circumstances. They will use this as an excuse to say, sorry, but, you know, we're going to reduce your, your basic, but hey, your bonuses, you've got a job. Um, and then, you know, and then say, but don't worry, because in future, you know, we'll pay you loads of money um, with an uncapped bonus. So I think this is going to be go down. This will go down incredibly well. 
um, in in uh, you know investment banking in particular. What do you think? Oh, in, entirely. I, I thought it was very interesting because it reminded me of the financial crisis when both of us, I was around yeah, in the city, you, you were still in the city yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. And so, um, and so I found it very amusing. I mean, the financial crisis wasn't amusing. There was nothing amusing about it. But mm. the way in which the banks responded to the cap which was being brought in, they were basically just increasing everybody's basic salary. That's right, that's right. Uh, yeah. in, in order to then be able to offer people higher bonuses, which mm -hmm. they may or may not have done. I mean, that's a, that's a different discussion. But let me just say one thing on the on this bonus scheme in general, the bonus dynamic. Of course, what happens is normally you have a low-ish basic salary, and then you have the upside, which mm -hmm. is multiples of that in terms of bonus. Mm -hmm. For the bank, that means you have a flexible uh, cost base because mm -hmm. you basically you pay, you you pay the employee a relatively uh, a, a manageable expense and yeah. then you regulate who wishes. I was going to say it's not low; it's, it's always high, to be honest. But compared well, it depends to on average, the benchmark, <laughs> to, yeah, no, versus average, you know, the national average, it is high. But generally, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, I, I actually didn't mean it even tongue in cheek. I was I was talking about the P and L of a bank. Yeah, where, yeah of course, okay, the no, enough, expense yeah. item. Is that one of the biggest expense items is the salaries to the employees, mm -hmm. and if you can keep that flexible by paying um, people a, a relatively low basic and a potentially high upside in mm -hmm. terms of bonus, then mm -hmm. you have a you you're translating a fixed cost base into something which is starting to look like a variable cost base. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the beauty. That's the inter, That's the reason why these so bonus schemes, of course, exist not just in the investment banking world, but but elsewhere. But mm -hmm. anyway, so. At the time, uh, the basic was 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 shooting up, uh, so that people could receive higher bonuses, which some did and some didn't. So I would not be surprised in the slightest if if, if banks are now going to say, "Well, look, we are reducing your basic, we are basically halving your basic or something." But hey, this is a good thing because well, we have uncapped bonuses now, and your, your your entire package is not going to change. So don't worry, just do your best. And the next month, when you're in the bonus meeting, you're going to hear, yeah, oh, well, a spot of bother. Unfortunately, you were a bit crap, and so the bonus isn't materializing as we thought. And, uh, oh, well, better luck next time. And, well, and this is, of course, can exactly I, can the I just flexibility say, Ralph, I've just been talking about. Can, can I just say, Ralph, obviously you heard that from someone else, right? I mean, oh, they were telling you because, of course, you never heard that yourself directly because, no. you know, let's face it, you were, you know, top, uh, top man. You know, I um, actually one anecdote on this, which might be amusing. I mean, in 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 the annual the annual bonus round, there was always a um, a discussion which was cast as a appraisal. That's what the, that's what it was called, an appraisal, where you were appraised, where your performance was appraised. Mm -hmm. But of course, it wasn't really like that at all. What mm. was being appraised was the ability of the bank to pay your bonus or not. And so once I had this particular meeting, and it came at the end of a long day, the CEO was exhausted. I was the last one in. He had one day of 10 or 15 meetings with people who were with egos as big as houses. Mm. And so basically I was the last one in and he was off guard. So he looked at my performance and he said, Oh, Ralph, yeah, you had a good year. And then he checked himself and he said, 
ah, but this wasn't, of course, as good as it should have been. And then there's this <laughs> metric and you underperformed there and you underperformed here. It was yeah. brilliant because basically that meeting was just meant to manage expectations. Manage expectations, exactly. That is, the, that is the most common used phrase. That oh, is the manage, one. Ma yeah, managing expectations. And that always means downwards in well funnily <laughs> enough it does yeah it always means downwards of course one used to counteract this by interviewing with as many uh, people course. in the street as possible and, and and making sure that everybody knew about this so that Indeed. there was a give and take anyway Indeed. one other thing on this i think you're right it will uh, increase the attractiveness of the city of london again mm -hmm. after it suffered after brexit and i think that may well have been another uh, policy implemented deliberately by our new government yeah and and, and so i think uh, i think that's going yeah th that's what it is just a final anecdote on this maybe because it's a light-hearted subject to some extent mm -hmm. um before the financial crisis people were people used to refer to their bonuses as multiple pms mm -hmm. now a pm is a unit of measure mm -hmm. it's the prime minister's salary <laughs> <laughs> and so you heard things like, oh, well, he got, or he or she got uh, 3 p.m.s. Okay. Okay. <laughs> As a bonus. I heard that one. Heard that well, one. yeah, there you go. It, it was yeah. mo mostly used in investment banking circles. I never really heard this used in, in stockbrokers. Because what's it, 140 it grand? Is it 140 grand, isn't it? That's what a prime minister. Was it earned something like it's that? these days i think it was much less at the time was it? It was okay yeah. sort of like 100 or 80 yeah. i can't really quite remember yeah. what it was but, but yeah traveling's included right <laughs> um, you get your own car and all that um anyway um so, anyway i think we're gonna have to stop there but um look it's always amazing um, to talk to you ralph um so thank you very much indeed for this week um yeah really really good fun and uh we'll be back again next week yeah cool Many excellent Bye. Looking forward to it. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.